Don't that feel good when your crowd behind you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's give them something to cheer for now. Hey, I'm not going to be a real patient guy now. And I say this shit stops. Fire the cannons, Buxley. Tampa 2. Tampa 2. Think it's a game. I came up from nothing. You can't tell me. Yeah, my eyes. Yeah, uh, did it all. Take out my neck, take out so, my wrist. Yeah. I swear I ain't never Bucks lost to the Saints. Shocker there? No. How is that a shocker? That's what I'm saying. Did you expect them to win? No. I told I mean, you. I picked the Saints. You know, I think we both. Look, at it. this point, if you're shocked by the Bucks losing, then something's wrong with you. Like, <laughs> hey, every weekend we should. We should hope and pray and like have a good time with it. And but like to me, there's no more this season. Like if we lose, I'm going to be shocked. I'll tell you what, us beating the Panthers was surprising. Us yes. playing as well as we did in the first half was like equally surprising. Yeah, but look. I, yeah. I was. I'm just honestly, I was surprised. We kind of came out of the gates, and I thought, oh shit, are we about to sweep the Saints? And then, of course, reality set in. It was like, nah, bitch. Like, you you know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think, man, it's kind of hard to put, you know, like, no turnovers again with Jameis, but he didn't, you know, have a great game. I mean, may, maybe not even a good game, just kind of blah. Um, yeah. Definitely started out like that, that first series. You're like, all right, here we go. But I almost feel like the defense maybe kind of tired down a little bit, got left on the field a little too much in the second half. For sure. Did and, uh, uh, did Gerald McCoy play this game? Gerald, I I think they had the Batman convention in uh, St. Pete. I so, like. <laughs> I just don't ever fucking see him do anything. Like I'm, I know. Okay, I'm not. Be, I'm gonna not be ignorant and not just be stupid about it. Like I know he's commanding double teams and all that bullshit. Like it's real. I shouldn't say bullshit. It's a real thing. But dude, watch fucking Aaron Donald or like a real difference maker that's making money kind of close in the same way that Gerald is. And I'm like, yo, he's not that dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's going to be a man. I, I almost think that's going to be our toughest decision. The offseason now, like nah, Donovan Smith is gone. I think that's the toughest. Yeah. I think they're both right there though. Like they, they're both commanding a lot of money and like, is Gerald giving you, 16 you know, mil worth for what you're getting for the money. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm almost kind of going back a little bit. I know last week I said, I did not think he would make it, but re remind me on your thoughts of the seeing it so hard. Cause I just expect a new head coach now, but on Duffner sticking around as a D, D coordinator, I've almost kind of, I'm almost kind of changing my tune a little bit on that for him going to next year as the D coordinator. This might sound crazy, I'm not going to be shocked if somehow, brace yourself, Dirk Cutter makes it to next year. Fuck no, you're, dude. What? what I'm, I, I'm not saying I. I'm not what saying you drinking in Nashville. Like, what do you drink? <laughs> I'm drinking. I'm some, drinking whiskey right now. But what I'm saying powerful, is, listen, listen. That's some powerful shit you've been drinking up. Like, listen, so listen. The, the, the proof is going way up, brother. Because you're out. <laughs> oh, of I'm drinking hundred proof tonight, baby. I sip the real shit when we do this podcast. Right. But right. here's the, here's the thing. So yeah, if I ever slur my words, everybody, that's what it is. It ain't because I'm lazy. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I mean, we really do this podcast like we're sitting at a bar talking shit. That's like the whole point. We started this. Um, no, dude. I like think about it for a second. Have they improved this year? Just answer a couple questions. Just go down this road with me for a second. Have they improved this year? 
Uh, On defense, the, yes or no? The past two, three weeks, yes. Has the offense been consistently good, excluding this Saints game? I mean... I mean, we have the number one passing offense, so yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you throw four picks against the Bengals and shit, but I mean... You know, I'm not saying... I mean, every team's going to have a couple shit games, but I'm saying we, for the most part, have had the number one passing offense all year. Our running game's been shit. But think about this, like... He's made improvement from the lowest point possible. And I'm wondering, to your point, if the coordinators we have in a weird way have bought him an opportunity at next year. I don't think there's any freaking way. Uh, you're, you're talking about a guy that... I don't want there to be a way. Let me be really clear. I don't I don't think he should, and I don't want that to be the answer. Cause oh, I th- I'm, I'm looking... I'm going to be a little upset because I'm already looking forward to Mike Tomlin. I heard might be on the way out. I'll tell you what, if Mike Tomlin's available, I'm all on that shit. Yeah, that's crazy. We'll talk about that in a second, but look, this is, you're talking about dirt cutter, a guy that held on to a defensive coordinator, his buddy, no excuse. Yeah. That, that in itself is a fireball fed. This was supposed to be a year. He should have been fired in the off season. Okay. And then you go into the year. It's pretty much playoffs or bust. We add talent, whatever, you know, but you got to everyone's saying you got to at least be 500 get there sniffing the playoffs so you keep this yo-yo that's had our defense at the pretty much worst in the NFL past couple of years and then you stick with them through the bye week when we still have a season to go and give them another shot which i mean do you think if Duffner took over the bye week maybe those couple games there Maybe. maybe we, still, you know what I'm saying? Maybe we steal a game from the. So I just think he's done too much. And then he sits up. This this is what puts the icing on the cake for me. <laughs> I think I know. He what sits you're up say. in a freaking interview, <laughs> and says, "What do you say? Like I don't have the answers or some shit." He did. They asked him something oh, about if I had the answers, we'd be doing it, bitch. Com- like that's what we pay you for, dog. Yeah, like fake it, fake it, bro. Listen, like, fake it. I work in music. If someone came to me and was like, "Hey, I don't know how to play this." I need you to do it. I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll find a way to do it or I'll find the person that can do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you can't do it, that's fine. It's 2018. You don't have to be everything to everyone. But I will say pride is pride and ego is a funny thing. And there's something there with Cutter. And sometimes I feel like he wants to be the smartest dude in the room and he's not. Yeah. Like, it just so, is look, what it is. Case in point. I don't know if you – I mean, I know you're up in Nashville, so you don't get to see as much as I do. But so a little interview he did, and a reporter asked him, said, hey, uh, Sean Payton alluded to the fact that uh, they did a bunch of wet ball drills this week. Did you see that? Mm-mm. So, the, so it was like a reporter asking Dirk Cutter, like, hey, Sean Payton uh, said he did some wet ball drills this week. What are you thinking about that? And he just kind of scoffed at it like, well, good for them because we didn't. I think it was before the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yikes. And it's like, okay, like, good but, job. You didn't know the fuck. Like, like, what, what are you, like, scoffing at? Like, you're too good to do this shit? And then I just think, I still think when he calls plays, I think it's old school, antiquated, like, won't get out. Like, he won't. Yeah. No, no, no. And you know I what I mean? I was just going to say two things about that. I uh, I listened to Warren Sapp's podcast, which if you guys haven't heard it, shout out him. It's fucking really cool to listen to him just shoot it straight. And he said in the offseason, he got a chance to sit with Sean Payton. And he was like, man, he's like, he's like Gruden to me. 
he's like, he just lives it and breathes it. And he's like him, Andy Reed, those guys, they just love football and they, they, they find ways to scheme. And he was like, Sean Payton will stay up at night trying to find a way to exploit a matchup and outsmart everyone. And he was like, he works so hard at being that. And I, and I've talked to you about it. Like, and, we're just not creative. We're, we're not saying that Dirk Cutter doesn't like you know love the game or anything like that. But no, of course not. I've kind of talked to you before about I, I'm a big Kyle Shanahan guy. I love his play calling. Like, look at he doesn't have great weapons in the Niners, but how many times do you see George Kittle running for 85 yard touchdowns? Is he, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is he scheming ways to do different stuff? And you have to evolve. Like we're such a different league than we were 10 years ago, and I feel like he's still calling plays like he was 10 years ago. And you just can't. I mean, you hear. Look, you hear from all these players, a Rondé Barber, whatever. It's a different league, like is it, like on defense, calling defenses. You can't put your hands on guys like you used to, so you have to change the way you do things. Yep. Like offense, you're getting more free release, and you can do it. You just you have to change with the times, and th- and that's what I think is a play caller. He hasn't done very well. Yeah, and my other point was, is I just think he's let he's let at different times ego get in the way. And the reason I say that is I, I was watching the Chiefs game and and I saw someone break this down, but it, it I was curious. I think it was Matt Hasselback maybe that broke this down. And he was like, the Chiefs are running a variation of the West Coast, like the Andy Reid thing, right? Not a big deal. He was like, I'm going to give you an example of what they do that's just subtle but different enough that it helps them. And it's basically like three go routes and a curl route, right? So they'll put all three of their receivers out to the far right, one receiver to the left, so four wide, right? And they'll move Kelsey uh, second to the the outside line, and they'll put Tyreek Hill where traditionally the tight end would be, right? So then basically because they have an athletic enough tight end, they're forcing the safety to have to cheat over and defend Travis Kelsey on a seam route. What that does on the left side of the field, then you have like a wide receiver basically run a curl. So it's man to man and Tyreek Hill is in a free run with a linebacker and then a safety trying to catch him running basically across, across the field post route. And they are fucking crushing people with this. And he was like, Bill Walsh did this in the eighties with Jerry Rice and like people couldn't stop it. And he's like, it's funny to see those things work in, but new age, they're just changing the formations around. And he's like, so if they take away Tyree kill, then you have Travis Kelsey one-on-one with the safety, which I'm taking that matchup. And he's like, Oh, not to mention if both of those are taken away, I have a running back going to the flat, which can't be guarded because I have a trips go route essentially. And, and it, it just made so much sense. And I thought to myself, I've never seen Mike Evans inside like that or OJ Howard split on the same formation. Obviously, we've seen them inside or out. But it's just yeah. interesting to me. That's such a simple example that if I can explain it, I know a football coach in the NFL obviously would be able to describe that. And it's just surprising to me that that's not happening more considering we have some legitimate weapons. And yeah. Like I'm just I'm still honestly really shocked. I know we have the number one passing offense, and that's all well and good, but that's also I think what's got us there is also what's killed us, and this is why I say that. Getting to the number one passing offense has led to Jameis and Fitzpatrick throwing a ton of picks because they're trying to push the ball vertical, and 
I just think, man, if we had a and little some, different scheme, like I don't, unless you're really the only person I, I think is Tom Brady. Like you see what Drew Brees, he struggles when he doesn't have a running game. So does Aaron Rodgers. Like those are oh, top yeah. three, five quarters. So like you don't have a freaking running game. And how about like to your point of him being stubborn, like games on the line, seasons on the line for all purpose. Like not that we had much of a shot, but hey. And then he he goes back to like stubborn Dirk, Jacquez Rogers in there. Like I don't understand that. What I, the fuck, dude? Like here's the thing, you don't draft a guy in the second round to just let Jacquez Rogers outplay him. I get it on passing downs where you need a blocker. Maybe you're like, hey, Ronald Jones in there yet? That's fine. But those like sprinkle in a first and second down, a little flare route, something, get him going. Like, regardless of whether he's ever going to be a playmaker in the NFL, Ronald Jones is fast and in space, he's good. So find a way to get him in space and let yeah. him just be fast. If he's nothing else, just let him be that. And that's where it it it, it blows my mind. Like Peyton Barber is is a good back. I don't think he's special, but I'll tell you. The, the more the season goes on, it's like he should be getting more touches. He really should. But it's just dumb well, examples. You, ask, you hope these last couple of weeks and that those those younger guys get, get touches. I'd rather see Ronald Jones, honestly. Like, we know what Peyton Barber is. Yeah. I mean, you don't got to give him 25 touches, but let him, let him touch the ball a couple of times at least. Um, you know, Peyton still deserves to get his touches. But wrapping up on the Duffner thing. I definitely – it's tough. He, yeah, I think he's got a shot. And listen, I actually listened to Levante David's show on the way home, and he just says like all the defense loves him. That he'll go out of his way to bring the guys like into a meeting on game planning and stuff. So I like that. But like I said, I, I don't see any way Cutters making it. So it's going to be hard. Yeah. And man, those I was kind of think like there might be a couple dudes out there like say Harbaugh leaves from the Ravens. And I'm not even talking about head cut. Like, say Harbaugh leaves, say a Todd Bowles gets fired from the Jets. They're not doing great. That's a good defensive mind right there. Like, they're yeah. uh, the guy I've already – I always forget his freaking name, the head coach of the Bills, but he's a good defensive McDermott. mind. McDermott. Yeah, so, like, I think there might be – especially – Sean McDermott would make a lot of sense because he ran the 4-3 at Carolina when they were really balling with Josh Norman and that whole thing. When yeah. they went to the Super Bowl with Cam. So there's I, there might be some coaches out there, but we'll see. Like I said, that all that all kind of depends on GM and head coach. But uh, I want to get into another coach. Go ahead. And I put this on Warhop and oh, man. Cutter. How in the world is Caleb Benner still playing? And look, a lot of people. It, it it's it's almost frustrating because it's so fifty fifty. Literally, if the Bucks wins, you're gonna hear the Jameis people. Jameis, Jameis. If he loses, it's gonna be Jameis' fault. Whatever. Like, yeah. I'm over that. I like to look at it more in depth and see what. Like, I felt bad at times for Jameis on Sunday. Like, oh, dude. God bless Ian Beckles, which I, I like to listen to. You know, if someone gives their opinion, an ex NFL player, like I would like to listen to Rondé Barber talk about a cornerback. I'll listen to Ian Beckles talk about uh, offensive line. You know, they've been there. They've done it. They know more than us. Yeah. They've been in those yep. And he said that he thinks Benenoff is the worst guard that we've ever had in Tampa. Like, how is this dude freaking play? And I what is he, Warhop? I just learned that. What is he, Warhop's son, son-in-law or uh, nephew or something? They're related. Wait, what? 
Yeah, war our offensive line coach Ben and I are. No, I don't know. I don't know. They're they're related somehow. I don't know if he married his daughter or nephew or if he's his nephew or something. But good lord, how was that dude? Uh, I'm gonna have to look this one up. I mean, at least Kappa gets in there and busts some heads a little bit. Like, at least he's a rookie. You got that letting people go. Poor Jameis is getting hit. I mean, I think they said, uh, like, QB hits, he got hit over 10 times. Like, no wonder the dude was getting up, getting up a little. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that whole thing with him and whatever his name, uh, Jensen. Jensen. I, I, I actually like, listened to both of their things. They were both like, no big deal. Jameis tried to get on him a little bit because that drive, there was like two offensive line penalties, and then he got a personal foul. Like, what? To me, that's that's whatever. Like, The things you I, love about him are also what sometimes is going to bite us in the ass with him. Like him playing will, to the I whistle. Will say, I will say Jameis needs to be careful on that a little bit because – like, hey, bro, you can't exactly be calling people out too much. Like, if, yeah. if that is, if Jameis is in my face cussing, I'm an offensive lineman. Be like, hey, bro, number one, weren't you the same dude that got suspended? Number two, weren't you throwing a shitload of pictures? So, like, get out of my face, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, but I will say, and obviously, if anyone who is listening to this has heard any of our other podcasts, you have heard both Matt and I talk about at different points. We didn't even know if Jameis would be here next year, but I'll be honest, the more and more I watch him, I think I still think Jameis could actually be a really good player in the league. We just need to focus on strengths. He is a play action quarterback and he's very good off play action. He's not a great deep ball thrower. I think 30 to 40 yards he can get, but those deep bombs, he's not going to hit like Mahomes. That's just not his bag. I mean, I'll tell you what, every, what was, wasn't it the, yeah, the first series he had Evans on that, that shit was beautiful. And that's what I'm saying. Like he has his spots. He really yeah, does. Yeah. He has his spots where he's very but good. I, but I, I agree with you in totality. You know, he's more the, the West coast, uh, you know, shorter, shorter game passing and God bless. Let's just uh, get him a fucking running game. Uh, I know. Like one Jesus. time, like how long has it been? Like, I, I almost feel, I mean, going down that stretch of the Super Bowl, Pittman, had some good games and shit, but is it, I'm trying to think, right? Cadillac had a good year, but like, to me, the last consistent Doug time Martin. we could just fucking line up and run the ball was like done and all stop thunder well, and light type shit. Didn't, I mean, Doug Martin. Yeah. I mean, Cadillac had a had, Cadillac had one good year. Doug Martin had one good year, but God, let's get that consistent, man. Shit. Ernest Graham had a good year to be honest with you. Yeah. But it's been, you know, like flashing the pan. Let's, Let's get a freaking solid running game. and It's so tough because you watch Saquon go off and you're like, yeah, we don't have anything like that. But no. here's, a, here's a question. This Well, never mind. Let me not go there. I was going to say, never mind. That's, another, that's a whole other topic I'm not trying to open up. That's a good – this is a good – I was going to have a conversation about Kareem Hunt because I saw Joe Bucks fan mention this, and I was just like, ah, I don't even want to get into that. I think you don't touch that, dude. But – um. Jason Light, the more and more the season goes on, he is consistently getting praise for Carl Nassib, Adam Humphreys, Cameron Brait, and the trade for JPP. Yeah. But we're and, and we're just not talking about dude. If it, at the end of the year, 
here. Okay, let me let's let's full circle. Do you think Donovan Smith is on this team next year? I just don't know what those negotiations are going to look like, and I have a feeling he's going to want to be paid in the upper tier of left tackles, and I would not do that. If you can get him at a at a good price, I would consider it. But damn, man, you just there's too many times as a left tackle. His feet look slow. Yep. Penalties and shit. I just it, it it would have to be a very generous price on you know way going towards the buck side for me to keep him. So I, man, at this point, totally I agree. But I will say, and I forgot who said this quote. It might have been Raheem, but I, I I'm not sure. Like yeah, I'll, toler- I'll tolerate you till I can replace you. You know what I mean? And I think that's yep. another thing with like Donovan Smith. We get rid of him. Like you got to have a left tackle sitting there. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to be same thing with Jameis. So, like I I get it. I I get people that say like let him go, but hey, what are we going to bring in to replace him? I'm I'm not even of the mindset yet that you let him go. It's just if if he is let go, you start thinking about Jason Light and all the misses, and it's tough, man. It's tough. Like is MJ Stewart still playing or is he still injured? He he was active. I I don't know how much, how many snaps he got to be honest with you, but he was active on Sunday. Um, like I, I don't see this is a this is a he's whole. He's looked he's looked pretty pretty much he's looked slow all year. Like he can't keep up, especially in nickel. What you drafted him, which is freaking crazy that you actually got him ahead of. Don't start. And I will say we are pretty secondary, but. Uh, you know, you look at the side on, I really think JPP can still have a great year next year. I don't think he'll slow down next year. He I think Nassim could be solid. So, but God, I, I tell you what, it, it's hard to evaluate. <laughs> like one one week you can say, oh man, look, that guy showed promise. And then the next week you're like, well, what the hell have you been doing? So that that's going to be interesting. Yep. And that's got to be a decision that the owners have to know more than us. You know what I'm saying? I feel they like have they to, have to. Yeah, they they have to know what he does on day to day basis, and if if it's worth keeping him, we you know that's that's something that needs to be done by them, and they need to step up and do a good job. I, I think he makes it another year. I would, oh yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I wouldn't either. I just I think unless uh, here's what I'll say: if you're getting a coach like uh, Bruce Arians, for example. And Bruce Arians is like, I have a guy that I, I really think is a guy. I could see that being a situation where you have like a very veteran coach in the league who knows what he's yeah. doing. Him or Harbaugh or something like that, yeah. And then I can see like, oh, okay, yeah, Jason Light just doesn't work. But if it's like uh, we're bringing in Mike – well, shit, Mike Tomlin's been – he won a Super Bowl, been with Steelers 12 years. So You think there's any I, – I don't I, – I don't think shocked. they let him go. Yeah, that'd be crazy to me. But – I don't know, man. I don't know if Big Ben plays another year, to be honest with you. He almost retired last year. Yeah, he's been saying that for a couple of years now. That's what I'm saying. It's like that window's closing for them, and Le'Veon's basically gone. Antonio, yeah. it's like how much more time are they going to have together? You know what I mean? I don't know. So, you know I mean, we're, we're going to hear the next three weeks. Well, Unfortun- no. Unfortunately, getting into our uh, – <laughs> crazy draft pick and what we do as Bucks fans get hyped about the combine and shit. But uh off the top of your head, 
going into next year, every assuming everyone's healthy, kind of what we think on coming back, position, biggest position in need. To me, I'm still I'm still split. I, yeah, I was gonna say in my mind D, it's D line and, and a corner. To me, I'm still split on that. And say like, I think we went back after that loss. I think we're right about around eight, nine, ten, eleven, somewhere in the draft order. If that's if we stick around. Um I would let the draft fall to me. But what I'm saying if there's a stud the way, defensive end, I'm going that route. The way I see, and this is obviously way premature, but the way I kind of see these early draft picks, like there could be a chance you could have a difference make all difference maker at D tackle and cornerback. Where would you go? In the first round? Yeah. So Brent Grimes is gone. Vernon's back. Carlton Davis is back. MJ Stewart's back. <sighs> To me, I like I get look. Is Gerald still here? Who is Gerald McCoy here? I guess you have to say, uh, I, I yeah, I assume I, he's here until he's not. If, if he's still here, then yeah. My my point is corner. Look, the best the best way to disrupt anyone's offense to get pressure on the quarterback. That's what I, I think, think too. J- but JPP comes back, and Nassib, you think can play well. Maybe Vinny Curry if he's still around, which I, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on him if he's coming back. But man, if you got there's a couple of D tackles up there from Clemson and Alabama that are balling and they can put pressure. And you see the Bears defense that they got big guys that help help Mag get upfield. And but I still always think we just always have those games where Michael Thomas and Julio come in and have 13, 14 catches. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm just thinking. Yeah, like think about this. Let me think. Would you rather have Vic Beasley or Marshawn Lattimore? Oh, Marshawn Lattimore. I'm okay. Let me rephrase. Bradley Chubb or Marshawn Lattimore? I mean Marshawn Lattimore, but I mean. Do you know how how many sacks Bradley Chubb has this year? What is he like seven, eight now? Twelve and a half. No way. Does he? He's got twelve and a half. No one's talking about it. Isn't that shocking? Twelve and a half. I mean, obviously, as a rookie, it helps with Von Miller. But my Uh, my point being, that's an elite defensive end taken high. Marshawn Lattimore was taken high. So I feel like it's harder to find elite corners than it. uh, Especially, especially in the, you know, every now and again, you can find a late round DN. But like, how often are you finding? I mean, other than Richard Sherman, I can't think of another like. Josh Norman, and, and maybe. Especially the like I talked about earlier, like the way you have to cover people today. You can't get up and be super physical. It's all. It's almost like playing seven on seven. Like you just have yes. to have a cornerback talented enough that can just stay with someone. So that's why I'm like, man, I'm gonna be looking at. There's a, uh, I forget his first name, but Baker from Georgia. I think he was uh, number eighteen, right? Uh, I forget. But I think he was, he's number eighteen. He was just selected as like. First team All American, him and um, Greedy Williams from LSU. Oh, he's and nasty. Even, even my dude, I don't know where they're going to rank him, but Julian Love out of Notre Dame. Um, but there's a couple guys up there. I, I don't think he'll be a top 15 pick or anything, but Baker and uh, Greedy Williams from Georgia and LSU. I would be looking at those guys as we're uh, getting into this. And man, let, let's see if we can get us a shutdown corner. That'd... To me, a shutdown corner 
would go further right now. Because right now, and I'll say this, I don't, I don't know if, like, our defensive line pressure is okay to good, That's, or maybe average I mean, yeah. to good. Average to good somewhere in there. I mean, these past weeks, I mean, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, these past, whatever, five weeks or so, you want to say, like, it's been better than we've had in a minute. Like, you know. Carl Nassib and, and JPP are really playing yeah. pretty well for us at that position, and we haven't had that in a long time. I'll tell you what, man. This is a good transition. I was going to say MVP of the team for the season. Who are you taking? GPP. I mean, that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. I mean, Mike Evans is close. OJ Howard would have been a good one if he stayed healthy. But right now, the biggest difference maker to me is JPP. Yeah, it's it's crazy what he's done. And that's why I, I feel like it's a it's an art form to be a good pass rusher. As I, I kind of alluded to being a good like hitter in baseball. Like, if you didn't, if you don't hit well in the minor leagues, in my opinion, like you're not going to come up to the big leagues and hit. You know what I mean? If you're in college and you don't make a lot of sacks, I don't think you like, oh, get to the NFL. Now I'm going to be a great sack master. Like, no, you, it's just like a trait that yeah. is given to you, like those Doomervilles and Julius Peppers. Those guys stay around for so long. So that's why I think JPP can kind of even stick around a couple more years and uh, still be productive. Yeah. It- it's exciting with him watching him play because you can tell he still wants to really play and play well. Oh, and, it, he's a and, dog, dude. and we talked about it all offseason. You know, you'd hear the quotes from him, and he skipped offseason training, and he said, You know, I've been in the league long enough. I know how to play, and I'm going to produce when the time comes. And you think, like, and all of us, myself included, I was like, Man, I don't know. Is he past his prime? You know, you just didn't know. And then yeah. you watch him, and you're like, Yo, Duke can still very much play. And he's going to be able to play next year. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I hope if he can give us two more years of this, I'm with it, man. And, you know, you kind of get excited because you see Peppers still playing and he's what, like 38 or something? Dude, he's 40. He's he's not what he was. But, hey, man, if if JPP for the next two years gives us close to what he is, then, man, at at least we we got something we haven't had around here for a while. And, man, if Nassib can kind of learn from him. And I – Really, the only reason I, I like I said, I think they just got worn down on Sunday. I don't think it was lack of effort. Yeah, right? that's what I think too. They just got left on the field too long because we were the Saints defense actually kind of stepped up and started stifling us a little bit. Okay, fun question. Biggest bust of the rookie draft class this year. Who, man? I mean, I'd have to go back and look. Uh, Vita Vea, MJ Stewart, Carlton Davis, Ronald Jones. On our team. On our, I thought you were talking about, okay. Um, yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't explain that well. Yeah, on our team. Uh, I, okay, to me, it's a tie. Oh, God damn, I didn't even think about Ronald Jones. Good Lord. Yeah. Man, that's a good question. I have some thoughts on it. Go for it. Easily for me, it's Ronald Jones. Because you don't take a running back in the second round when Darius Geis and these other guys that are, I don't, man, I don't want to say this, but like they just felt safer as a running back to me than Ronald Jones. I just, if you take Ronald Jones, I feel like it's one of those, you're kind of swinging for the fence. You're expecting him to really hit a home run. 
You know what I mean? You're not expecting yeah. him to be necessarily the every down guy, but you're like, yo, if he really pops, he's going to be special. Yeah, and- I mean, the only thing I, I'd say is you would expect out of a top 15 pick to see a little more, but I mean, look, I, I just agree. That I, I don't think, and we've heard this from a lot of people, D linemen traditionally make a great impact their first year, so I'm willing to give him more time, and he was hurt. But at the same time, you'd like to see a little more flash than what you've seen from B2B. <laughs> yeah. um, but also, the reason that MJ Stewart pick, because during the draft, that was the one pick where me and you are on the phone talking about, and that's the one we go, huh? You know what I mean? Like the, I, still didn't I feel know. like Jason Light always has those, like, huh? Okay. Carlton Davis still on the board. Dante Jackson still on the board. Like, man, to me, as far as the actual pick, because MJ Stewart, to me, at the end of the day, they brought him in because they thought he'd be a good nickel cornerback. Is, is he, look, as a nickel cornerback, you get in front of someone and follow him around the field. Is he going to, like, find something in his technique to make him way better? Because every time I see him, he's a couple feet behind the receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I don't know that he's quick twitch enough or fast enough or whatever it is. Yeah. And so so that pick to me kind of kind of stands out. Yeah, to me it's Ronald Jones and it just sucks to say cuz I was excited about him. I really thought he had a chance to be for us. It's like I thought he had a chance to be really good this year because he'd get a lot of opportunity and I thought man, he could be one of those sneaky good, you know, rookie running backs, but just has not happened. And okay, so on the positive side, who's been the biggest bright spot? from our draft class for uh, me i think it's fourth rounder jordan whitehead yeah i'll get, yeah I, i'd go between him and carlton davis i mean carlton davis is you get thrown to the fire is hey man you got to go start and be a <laughs> at some at some points when grimes and hargraves are out like he's our number one corner so i i feel like he's gotten thrown to the fire a little earlier than we wanted but yeah, yeah i uh, I agree with you on Whitehead too. It, he'll come up there like, like I told you a couple times that we talked about. I feel like he can put on maybe at least ten pounds of muscle, just kind of get himself a little bit more bulked up, and that dude will come down and hit you at the mouth. And I feel like he's got pretty good instinct. So I, I'd like to see an awesome off season of him and Evans kind of gelling and getting together and see what they can look like as a safety duo. Yeah. That's what I think, too. Um, there's not a ton of bright spots, but I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Whitehead's my pick. I think it's like Carlton Davis has been pretty good, and I'm happy yeah. that he's getting this playing time because it's only going to exactly. help him in the you future. Know, and at this point, bringing that up, look, the rest of the year, why not play freaking Kappa? Why not get Ronald Jones 10 touches a game the next three games? And I'll be honest with you, if we get down to the last game, and we're looking at some big difference on draft spots. Why not let Ryan Griffin freaking play a game? Like I, I don't. You want to know if he wants to be a backup or if you're going to keep him long term? Like let him go freaking start a game, dude. We got we got nothing to lose, but let let these young guys. We we got to see. But yeah, like like you said, Carlton Davis. I I think next year you're going to look and he's going to be a different kind of dude. Just getting that. that I'm excited. Year. Yeah. yeah, I like. I mean, I've liked him as a player. I remember when we did our draft one that we didn't release, but you and I talked about that. We liked him and Dante Jackson a lot. 
Yeah. Um, and I still do. I think he's lengthy and he hasn't gotten burnt, burnt. You know, he, he's kind of like found a way to hold his own. I mean, he's had his moments, obviously, but he's gotten better. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're yeah, not I'd, seeing I'd love, him get toasted all the time now. Yeah. I'd love to match him up with, uh, we'll see how this draft unfolds and where we pick. But man, kind of thinking about getting one of them top couple quarterbacks, matching him up with him. Him and Greedy would be pretty cool with Vernon at slot. That'd be solid. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully Vernon comes back and kind of does. He was playing well, man, until he got hurt. It just sucks because I yeah, th- was, I thought he had a shot this year. Yeah, it wasn't a huge sample size, but you kind of – everyone talked about it, coaches, GM and everything. So you hope that he can kind of duplicate what he had been doing and, and get back and make a difference being a freaking first-rounder. All right, let's end this here. I want to ask you two quick questions. Super no. Bowl pick, who is it now? Overall? Yep, both sides. NFC, who do you think makes it out? Man, I I think if you're looking at the NFC, I I mean, the two teams you're looking at are the Rams and Saints. And to be honest with you, I almost think it comes down to who gets that home game Um, if if they square off against each other. I think if New Orleans has to go to L.A., I think L.A.'s got a shot to get some revenge on them. In the AFC... I'll tell you what. Dun, 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 dun. I think I know who you're going to say. I'm going to let you say it, though. Go. Is it, the, is it the year he does it? Rivers? Yep. I'll tell you what. If it's not this year, then you just got to kind of say, hey, I don't think he's going to get it. And there's been a lot of years where you say, but, I mean, the, the four, I mean, I think you look at Chiefs, Steelers, Patriots, and Chargers, and all of them have their flaws, so. I'm just not going to pick the Patriots because that's freaking lame. God, I don't want to see them. I would love the Bears and the Chargers. That'd be interesting. I feel like this that's is going to sound crazy. I think the Bears could do it because that defense is ridiculous. Yeah, it, but they're, they're another one. I Man, I feel like them, Rams and Saints, Like I feel like they're better at home, though. You know what I mean? I feel I don't like know. the Bears make the playoffs. That's a scary team. Yeah. Because well, you, de- you never know. Matchup-wise, they could – you never know. They could be one of those teams where Trubisky melts and it's just like doesn't work. But that defense is solid, and I don't think that's going to change regardless of, of who they're playing. Yeah. I just think the Chargers, if they get Bosa and Mel- Melvin Ingram to where they can – Oh, man. They can get after the, the passer and the playoffs. and Those two are uh, pretty what good. Is, is Gordon – Gordon can still come back, right? Or is he done? For I, th- the- I think they said he's two weeks out. Yeah, so if, if he can get back, that that'll be their big thing to me. If he can get back and kind of be, and they got they got them weapons between Allen and Mike Williams, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, I, Rams and Saints, I, I'd give it to whoever plays at home, and I'd say, man, even though the Chiefs are freaking tough, but I I would think Mahomes might be a year away. Um, Especially now without Kareem Hunt, I think that does affect the team whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah, you never know. With the Steelers, always got some drama. Yeah. I think the Chargers, Chargers might have a have a shot. I'll go. I'll go Chargers and Rams right now. Oh, okay. MVP of the league. Oh man, right now you got to give it to Breeze, no? Or Mahomes? Breeze or Mahomes? Yeah. It's tough because it Gurley could. It's gotten to the point where it's always a freaking quarterback, which I'm not. 
I'd like to get some other positions in there, but yeah, I mean the the first two that I think you say is Breeze and Mahomes, and especially Breeze can have a couple strong games down the stretch. I'd have to look closer at their numbers, though. Well, we'll hit that next week. Well, any chance we beat the Ravens this week in Baltimore? <laughs> no. Honestly, I hope we don't. <laughs> yeah, at this point, let's see that. Let's see them young cats play well, though. Let's get the young guys in there, Kappa. Ronald Jones. Let's let these dudes play a little bit, Cutter. Till next time.